The reading this morning is from the text of A Course in Miracles, page 271. Different realities are meaningless, for reality must be one. It cannot change with time or mood or chance. Its changelessness is what makes it real. Merely by being what it is does truth release you from everything that it is not. The atonement is so gentle you need but whisper to it, and all its power power will rush to your assistance and support. You are not frail with God beside you. Yet without him, you are nothing. The atonement offers you God. The gift that you refused is held by him in you. The Holy Spirit holds it there for you. God has not left his altar, though his worshipers placed other gods upon it. The temple still is holy, for the presence that dwells within it is holiness. In the temple, holiness waits quietly for the return of them that love it. The presence knows they will return to purity and to grace. The graciousness of God will take them gently in and cover all their sense of pain and loss with the immortal assurance of their father's love. There, fear of death will be replaced with joy of life, for God is life, and they abide in life. The presence of holiness lives in everything that lives, for holiness created life and leaves not what it created holy as itself. In this world, you can become a spotless mirror in which the holiness of your Creator shines forth from you to all around you. You can reflect heaven here. Yet no reflections of the images of other gods must dim the mirror that would hold God's reflection in it. Earth can reflect heaven or hell. God or the ego. You need but leave the mirror clean and clear of all the images of hidden darkness you have drawn upon it. God will shine upon it of himself. Only the clear reflection of himself can be perceived upon it. Reflections are seen in light. In darkness they are obscure and their meaning seems to lie only in shifting interpretations rather than in themselves. The reflection of God needs no interpretation. It is clear. Clean but the mirror, and the message that shines forth from what the mirror holds out for everyone to see, no one can fail to understand. Could you but realize for a single instant 
the power of healing that the reflection of God shining in you can bring to all the world. You could not wait to make the mirror of your mind clean to receive the image of holiness that heals the world. Well, as I told you, the, uh, the talk this Sunday and next Sunday also is uh, how to be happy even though it's Christmas. Christmas is definitely, uh, in this country, fantasy time. And there is a series of fantasies, but one in particular, that's played out everywhere. You can see it on the fronts of, of the boxes of toys. You can see it in uh, people buying their Christmas trees at uh, the Christmas tree lot or in front of Albertsons or wherever you like to buy yours. You can certainly see it on television. You can hear it in the special music and in the uh, newly composed songs on radio and in albums and so forth. Everywhere there is this general fantasy about Christmas. And yet, I know from having worked on a crisis line that it is possibly the most unhappy time of year for most people. It is statistically the time in which most suicides occur. And why is that? Disappointment always comes from an unfulfilled expectation. That's obvious. And our expectation becomes so high at Christmas, even if we are resolved not to let this happen, because it's in the air and we see it everywhere. And the one central fantasy is that this is a time for a happy family. And because you have a happy family, you will be happy. But who has a happy family? <laughs> I can tell you now from the marriage counseling that, uh, that Gail and I have been doing for the last couple of years that there aren't many happy families. There are some happy families, but they're not anywhere near as many as you would be led to believe by all the falderon that you see around you. It's the time that friends exchange presents and smile at each other. Not a discouraging word is heard. Everyone is invited to every Christmas party. No one is left out. There's good cheer even in the eggnog. The, the stores open up their hearts and put everything on sale. No raising of prices at Christmas time. And so depression sets in. <laughs> and something's wrong. This is the feeling we have. Something is indeed wrong. Uh, it isn't working for me. Uh, even children get infected by this. Children, of course, are great imaginers. Uh, uh, John, for some reason, uh, John has become absolutely infatuated with leopards. And uh, he has built a, a leopard cage at home that he sits in. It's a box that he's, he's, he has a, uh, a trap door that he doesn't think anybody can tell is there. 
he gets in his leopard cage, pops open the trap door at the top, and sticks only his leopard head out and uh, watches the Christmas specials, you see, from that. <laughs> we must bring him his leopard food, and he, he must eat it in the cage. <laughs> uh, when we say the blessing, it must be in leopard language now. I thought it had gone a little bit uh, to an extreme just recently, but I guess it hadn't. We were playing one of our favorite games. Do you remember the games you used to play you know, with your kids? Uh, you would make a noise, and then they would tell you uh, what it what it is. You know, you would purr, and then the kid would say kitty cat, and you'd bark, and they'd say doggy, and so forth. And well, we were playing that, but of course he's uh, four and a half now, so we then got into descriptions we would describe things and he would tell us and he would describe. So then he, it was his turn and he said, what is, what carries a sack full of toys for all the children and comes down the chimney at Christmas time? We said, Santa Claus, wrong, the Christmas leopard. <laughs> <laughs> to suggest a little exercise. I know that you don't have enough to do this season, and uh, this, however, will not take any time. This is something that you can do with your mind as you go about the day, and I think it will help you be happier during this season. It isn't necessary to be unhappy uh, during Christmas time. It really is possible to uh, relax and enjoy it. It's at least possible to survive it. And this little exercise will help anyone. If you were to do this little exercise for just one day, just one day, if you do it diligently for just one day, I promise you, you would be able to feel the difference at the end of the day. You would feel a real difference at the end of the day. As I say, it doesn't take any time. Here's the exercise. There is a very interesting train of events that takes place in our mind that results in some form of happiness. It can be anger, depression, irritation, panic. It can be any number of things. But what's interesting is what starts all of this and why does it end in an argument, uh, in a loss of energy, uh, in a uh, seasonal uh, cold or something like that. What, what is the chain? And the chain can be seen. It takes practice to do this. You have to go ahead and start doing it. Start this kind of watching I'm going to describe. But after a while, you will begin to see this cause and effect relationship. And it'll be very interesting to you, and it'll be a true key to your freedom once you have begun to get a hang of what's going on here. The whole thing usually begins with a sentence, although it isn't necessarily in a sentence form. It begins with a little premise that flits through your mind. And it's often in sentence form, but it can sometimes be just a general impression. 
It's something that you accept as true. And it goes through your mind so quickly that unless you're watching for it, you may not see the beginning of all this. And that is the exercise, is to watch for this opening gambit of your ego. What you will usually notice is the next step, the translating of the premise into some form of acting out or into some sort of feeling or some sort of pain. The premise can be any number of things, this first little thing that flits through your mind. It's very interesting that the first thought has no pain in it. It is simply a statement that you accept as real, but it doesn't hurt you. It's going to hurt you if you accept it as real, but the initial form in which it comes into your mind doesn't hurt you. It's a matter-of-fact feeling or statement. And it might be, for example, too much of is, is expected of me. This is a very common one, especially this time of year. Too much is expected of me. Many of us feel that. And so there you are going through the day and everything's piling up and you have all these things that you need to do. And this very quickly, this thought comes. They expect too much of me. I shouldn't have to do all this stuff. Why is it I have to do all this stuff? Now, the why do I have to do all this stuff is the starting of the translation. Too much as expected of me is a premise your ego hands you, offers you. And you accept it as real. You don't even question it. But it must be translated once you accept it as real. You must live it. Anything you accept as real, you live. Any thought, any idea that you accept as true, you will put into your life, you will make sure that it has reality in your life. You will make it real. You will create a situation or a mood or a feeling or a pain in your body to show you, to prove to you that it is a fact. Why is so much expected of me? Why do they expect so much of me? Why does he, why doesn't he do this? Why doesn't she go by so-and-so's present? And now I'm also expected to take out the garbage and da 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 and so it shifts from just the general premise to now there's blame. Or maybe there's not blame. Maybe there's a sudden loss of energy. There's a tiredness. Now that's usually the point where you notice it. When you're beginning to attack someone in your mind or you're beginning to attack your body and it shows up in your body or it shows up in some mood like a, a general depression or something like that or it shows up in a feeling of, of uh, irritation or, or uh, a feeling of being scattered, this kind of thing. Another little premise that's very common. That is, I would rather be doing something else or there is something else that I should be doing. That is very common this time of year also. It's very common any time of year. So you watch that one. You're doing something, but your ego suggests to you that either you don't want to be doing this, there's something you would rather be doing, or there's something that you 
ought to be doing that you're not doing instead of this. And yet the whole thing's set up whereby you must do this. You must do what you're doing. You're locked into it, your ego says. And yet there's something else that should be done or you'd rather, some other place you'd rather be. Then the translation, that, that first little thought, this is wrong, that's the thought. There's something wrong about this. I shouldn't be doing this. I'm not the kind of person who ought to be doing this kind of thing. This isn't right. The season is all wrong. This country's got it all wrong. You see the translation now? It's taking place. Now the country's to blame. Now Christmas is to be blamed. The general practice of Christmas. There shouldn't be all this exchanging of presents. And then it gets specific. Because there's some relative who always sends you a present, you've got to send them a present back, and you see. And so now you're angry at the relative. Now that may be the point at which you recognize this. Whenever you recognize it, whenever you feel the irritation or the anger or the depression or the sadness or the pain in your body or the loss of strength, stop and see what's in your mind. If there's any time involved, it's this moment, momentary stopping. If you can stop physically for a second. Have you seen people uh, at the mall? They walk out of, a store, out of the store and then they're walking and they, like that, you know that they've, they're thinking about something, you see. It's okay to do. They don't know what you're thinking about. They think that you forgot something in the store and you, you're just like them, do you see? I don't know you're being spiritual. <laughs> so you just stop for a second. You can stop in Santa Fe. You can do almost anything in Santa Fe. <laughs> Santa Fe is like a New York subway. <laughs> People aren't even going to look at you. Now, the thought's still there, so you trace it back, you see. Now you're irritated. Now you're feeling scattered. Whatever the thing is, now you're depressed. Stop look back and you you will very often be able to see the little premise that started the whole thing. Maybe the premise was, uh, this is hurting me. Uh, this is hurting my bank account. I'm going to have to pay for this. All of this, I'm going to pay. The next three, the opening months of the next year are going to be hell because of all the money I'm having to spend now. I'm going to have to pay for this. But it's just in the beginning. It's just a little flitting thought, do you see? I'm going to have to pay for this. Right there, you see. But you accept it as true. And now you are resenting the presence. You cannot buy the presence in peace. You can't pick them out in peace. You can't wrap them in peace. You can't carry them home in peace. Because you've accepted this premise. It's hurting you. So you hate everything about it. Or you may feel it. You may actually feel it in your body that it's hurting you. Or another little premise. An old scene comes to mind. This is often true at Christmas, where there's so much nostalgia, where there's so much tradition. 
where there's all these childhood memories being evoked and uh, you're being implored to buy the old-fashioned Christmas tree and the wrap it in the old-fashioned wrapping and all this stuff, you see. So your thought tends to go back to your childhood, which was just blissful, wasn't it? <laughs> and Christmas was just like in all the beer commercials, wasn't it? With the, the jingles on the end of the horses' noses and the soft lights coming out of the windows and everything. So some scene comes back. Now the initial scene has no pain in it. But notice how crazy our ego is. It will hand us something we haven't thought of for 20 years. If it can't make us unhappy with everything else, then it is glad to drag up something that happened 35 years ago and suddenly it's we're mad about it all over again. But we're not mad about it initially. Notice there's just, first of all, this happened to me. I am the person to whom this happened. That is not true. You are not the person to whom that happened. And it did not hurt you, and you are not damaged. Because as the opening mantra said, there is nothing but God. And anything else that you think there is, is simply not there. It just happened in a dream. It cannot hurt you unless you accept it into your mind as real, and then you will see that it's real. You will make sure that you see that it's real. You must understand that there is no anger without punishment. Punishment does not come from God. Punishment comes from ourself. We see to it we are punished. And whenever you are irritated or angry, you will hurt yourself in some way. This is inescapable. You cannot divide those two things. Therefore, you must let go of the anger if you are to let go of the pain. You will eventually see it is not worth it to get angry about anything because you're going to hurt yourself every time you do it. And the pain makes it not worthwhile. Beside that, it's not very fun to be angry. Although some people seem to think it is. But it really isn't. But even if it were, it wouldn't be worth it because you're going to hurt yourself in some way if you're angry. You will take revenge on yourself. This is not any uh, celestial law coming from on high. There's not some book in which your name is being entered and some bolt of lightning coming down and striking because you got irritated. You see to it yourself that you suffer. And you cannot separate those two things. And so let go of the anger. And the way to let go of the anger is to gently drop the premise that started the whole thing rolling in your mind. Or perhaps it's a new scene that comes to your mind, something that happened in a store. Many things happen in stores this time of year. And you will think about it. You will think back on it. You see, nothing is right in this world. The ego can do nothing but judge, and the ego produced the world so it could judge it. That is what's happened. 
That is called insanity. And that is what happened. The ego produced the world. I'm talking about the perceptual world. I'm not talking about God's creation. But the perceptual world and all this mess was created by the ego so it could be judged. And so look and see that to your ego, to this part of your mind, this part of you that has a name, that has a history, that's so many years old, that's living in Santa Fe, that's married to so-and-so, that's not married, it's living alone, that has to drive a such-and-such a car. This thing, to whom all this is happening, nothing is ever completely right. And the longer you look at anything, the worse it, it, it will appear to you. Notice this. Whatever your attention is fixed on in the world becomes the problem. To have no fixation is to have no problem. Remember, we used to sing this hymn. I hope we can do it again. This is a wonderful thing. You probably know it. I woke up this morning with my mind stayed on Jesus. And then it goes on throughout the day, you know. Ah. I'm walking and I'm talking with my mind stayed on Jesus and so forth. Now I lay me down to sleep with my mind stayed on Jesus. If your mind is stayed on God, you have no problems. If you look at anything in the world, you've got a problem. But you can't at this stage, and I can't at this stage, help looking at things. But one of the things that will help is to see it's never right. So what? Of course it's not right. The wrapping wasn't right. The present wasn't quite right. You're afraid that uh, you didn't give the right present. The thanks that you got wasn't quite right. Nothing is quite right. There is this excitement about something that's going to happen. That seems to be the reward. It's going to happen. Oh boy, it's going to happen and this is our happiness. But it doesn't quite come off. So now we've got a wonderful theater where they, you've got comfortable chairs and people bring you food and everything. But suddenly you notice, notice that you are sitting on one piece of buttered popcorn. <laughs> and this is the, uh, these are the slacks you are going to wear tonight, you see. It's not quite right. There are these people who you've been trying to avoid and they have just sat down in front of you. <laughs> now must you move? What must you do? When the new scene comes to your mind, or when the old scene comes to your mind, or when any of these premises come to your mind, stop. You don't have to fight the ego. This will save you many, 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 many years if you can learn this one simple fact. You do not have to fight the world. You do not have to overcome the world. All you have to do is choose God. You have to see the world accurately. You have to see the insanity. You have to see how you get yourself in trouble. You have to see how you get yourself in trouble. You've got to understand how it starts and how it proceeds and how it happens this way every single time. And you've got to do it without condemnation. 
you've got to simply see how you set yourself up for this. If you're condemning yourself for how you think you get yourself in trouble, I promise you, you aren't yet seeing how you do it because you are learning nothing if you are condemning yourself. You cannot learn anything and you will make no progress whenever you criticize yourself in any way. All progress ceases. It is pure ego nonsense to criticize yourself. A mistake calls only for correction. Let's say that. A mistake calls only for correction. Now let's say it all together from our heart. A mistake calls only for correction. And correction is happy. You can be sure you're correcting the mistake if you're now a little happier and a little more peaceful because the correction is in and of God. It comes from your Father. It's full of love. It's blessed. It's tender. It's gentle. When you are gentle with yourself, when you say, Ah, I see the mistake I made. Here's what I will try next time. You'll feel better because your emphasis is on the correction not on what you did wrong. So you do not have to argue against the premise. If you want to say a simple statement of truth to yourself, that's fine. But often it's not even necessary to do that. But do do that if it helps. I often do that. I often say a little statement of truth when I see the premise that the ego has just handed me. Because I know where it's going to lead. I don't always catch it but I'm catching it more and more often. I see the total possibility of the exercise I'm proposing to you this morning. It's truly possible to catch these things before the result in depression, misery, irritation, and all these things. This sense of unease. This sense of something not being right. Before it results in that, it's possible to catch it. Start with when you do notice it. Go back and see what happened. See if you can find the little premise. And then say some words of truth. But more often, it might be better just to surround some situation in light. Do whatever you need to do. So if something happened in the store and you're not letting go of it, sit down right there on the sidewalk. Sit down, close your eyes, and surround everybody in the situation in light, everything in the situation in light. Or use whatever other mental imagery you need to. And say to yourself, I'm going to do this until my ego stops handing me that, that scene. Why carry it around? You don't have to carry any misery around with you. There is nothing that happened to you that you have to think about. And if you think you have to think about it, that means you're not doing the simple amount of work that you need to do to let go of it. If you'll just do the work, if you'll just go ahead and do it, and do it every time your ego hands you this scene, I promise you, you'll be surprised at how quickly it will stop handing you the scene. Speaking of scenes, uh, as you know, I, I uh, only, my television is now confined to uh, Scooby-Doo and <laughs> Christmas specials and things like that. Uh, but I understand that there's now a uh, talk show on at night hosted by Alan Thick. I just love that. <laughs> um, and uh, someone told me that he read some letters from children recently. 
And one of the uh, letters that he uh, read of the, the uh, child was drawing a picture, and the mother came over and said, what are you drawing a picture of? And he said, God. She said, oh, that's silly. No one knows what God looks like. They'll know when I'm finished. <laughs> One of the little letting go things, because you, so you've got to let go of the thing. You see the premise, but you've got to let go of it. And I've suggested the uh, hot air balloons. But... Uh, I've gone to another one. Gail and I have gone to another imagery now. And I found out several other people had had the same experience. The hot air balloon doesn't go up fast enough. <laughs> and so uh, we're now using rockets. <laughs> um, and uh, even John has gotten caught up in the rocket thing. He's got. We've set up a little workshop back in the laundry room for him where he can nail and saw and so forth and he uh, recently built an indoor rocket explained that's what it was so what we do is we just put it in a little capsule inside the, the rocket you see whatever it is and then we shoot the rocket off I have a friend who says that if, he, if it's something he knows he's got to take care of then he has the, the uh, rocket orbit the earth otherwise it goes into a black hole he said <laughs> I heard someone said they use carrier pigeons. But don't send this to someone else. <laughs> this, this, <yeah. laughs> it doesn't matter. Another imagery I love to use is an eraser. I just see the scene, and I just start at the top, and I have this great big celestial eraser, and I just erase it, erase it, erase it, erase it. It's all gone. Uh, another one I heard recently was, do you remember a Star Trek uh, on television, and they were always beaming up somebody or beaming down somebody. Well, do you remember they got into the little, whatever the thing was, where they're going to be beamed? There was, there was a little container. And then they switched it on, and the person who was in the container dissolved. Do you remember that? This person uses that, puts the problem in the container, turns it on, and it dissolves in the same way it did on it. It doesn't matter. Use anything that you want to, but do something. Be deliberate. Let it go and be happy. It's okay to be happy. That's all relinquishment of an ego means, is that it's okay to be happy. When you see that it is okay to be happy in every aspect of your life, when you sleep, when you wake up, when you shop, when you eat, when you do your toilette, when you see that everything, it's okay to be happy with all of it, you will be in the real world. You will be in the real world. That means you will know that God is here. And you will be so aware of God here and now surrounding you, pouring out of everyone blessing everything. You will be so aware of your Father and the presence of the love that your Father has for you that this world indeed will be seen as just a little fleeting dream. And you will know it will just be a question of time before you awake. Just a simple matter of, a, of waiting within the, the real world 
within your peace and your happiness and your gentleness until you wake. What else helps this time of year? I love the lesson in the course. Um, Today I will judge nothing that occurs. Today I will judge nothing that occurs. That's a real good one for this time of year. Do you see how everything that happens serves you if you have that single purpose? No matter how outrageous the situation, no matter how great the slight, no matter how unfairly you've been treated, your purpose is not to judge it. And so you're almost glad that it's uh, so outrageous because it's so, it serves your purpose even better not to judge it. Today I will judge nothing that occurs. Not judging is absolutely fundamental. To judge no one and no thing. It's, the world is real only because we think that we know what is good and bad within the world. Even though no one else agrees with us, we know. John uh, was uh, speaking of roots and things like that. John uh, was complaining about his toe suddenly uh, in the car. He said his toe, he had a toe ache. And uh, Gail, being a minister, of course, said, uh, if thy toe offend thee, cut it off. <laughs> and uh, John said, uh, no, no. If you cut your toes off, you die. Oh, and Gail said, no, no. If you, do, if you cut a toe off, you don't die. He said, my friends, the trees, die without their toes. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> I was into that argument. <laughs> <laughs> so our toes, our feet, our foundation is not to judge. Don't resent. Resentment is judgment. You have, you have made a judgment. Don't resent what the administration is doing right now. Why resent what the administration is doing? Why resent the presence that you receive? Why resent what happened in your childhood? Why resent your job that it doesn't give you enough money? Why resent your relatives? Everybody else has the happy family, and you've got your relatives. <laughs> make no judgment. When you make no judgment, you see no world. When you make a judgment, the world slaps you in the face, and that's all you can see. When you judge, you blind yourself to the presence of God. You blind yourself to the source of your happiness. You cannot be blessed. There's no way God can enter your heart when you've made a judgment. Don't judge anything. Today I will judge nothing that occurs. Say that in the morning. Remind, that, remind yourself of that throughout the day. Say it as you go to sleep. And I promise you, you'll be happier, even at Christmas time. Another uh, letter uh, that uh, Alan Thicke uh, received, uh, 
child had said this. The question had been, I guess it was in a classroom or something, how do you keep milk from spoiling? The child would answer, leave it in the cow. <laughs> That's it. That's the truth. <laughs> Leave your happiness in God. As soon as you take your happiness out of God and put it any in anything in the world, as soon as you make anything in the world important, now your happiness is dependent upon it. And in the world, everything changes. Nothing remains the same. It all deteriorates. Your body is going to deteriorate. You'll reach a point in which you're going to have aches and pains and you're not going to have the strength and so forth. This, your, your spiritual path isn't going to prevent you from experiencing that. Your spiritual path will tell you there is something else to fill your mind with. And you will take better care of your body, and you will do away with the, the pains that you can, the aches that you can, and you will do what you can for your body, but it won't preoccupy you. You won't judge it. You won't resent your body. Remember, resentment makes the world real, and then that's all you can see. To not judge lets it go. So leave your happiness in God. Seek your happiness from God. Make peace your value only for the sake of peace. Not to get anything, not to change anyone, not to make the shopping go quicker. You don't want to make the relatives behave. The relatives won't behave. So forget it. They're not going to behave. But you can have peace even surrounded by relatives or memories of relatives. Or fantasies of hypothetical relatives. Even uh, if uh, some relative bought the aluminum tree. And they are burning pinyon in their wood stove. And of course the pinyon forces are evaporating. And they have additives in their eggnog. You can still be peaceful. It's a fact. Leave the milk in the cow. You climb in the cow with it. Now, what church would you hear that? One more suggestion. Wait until January to start your, art, your uh, austerity program. Now is not the time to worry about that. Go, yeah, and you don't have to spend spend as little money as you can, uh, and still be happy and peaceful and get the things that you need to. You have no image to fulfill. You don't have to give expensive things. Give what is peaceful to give. Give as much as you can. Give in the way that the person will appreciate it if you can. Don't think what's right to give. Think what they will feel loved by. Give them what they will feel loved by. Don't be afraid to do that. Don't be afraid to stop being right. 
Use your instinct. Do the best you can. They may not like it. But you'll have to spend the money, and the bills come, and so forth. And the people read the list, and you've gone over your master charge limit, and so forth. I know all these things happen. But wait until January to start the, uh, the savings program, cutting back. Don't try to, don't add things to your life to burden you that you don't have to add and that are impossible to deal with at the moment. Another suggestion. Take no issues, have no stands this Christmas season. Don't take a stand on Santa Claus. Don't take a stand on uh, chocolate. You see, if your child has an allergy to chocolate, oh my! The, in our house, because John always asks, "What's today?" And uh, whenever I say, <laughs> whenever I say Sunday, John says, "Donut day." <laughs> That's the association. We don't care how we get you here. <laughs> if we have to put out little trails of white sugar to get your child in Sunday school. <laughs> no, not true. Remember, we've got the Newton's apple juice and the honey stuff and all that. Until you get out there, then we break out the white sugar. Right. Be free of issues. Be free of issues. Be free of stands. Try it. Try it. Make God the only issue. The only issue is peace. Whenever you find yourself at odds with someone, you are wrong because the only issue is peace and you are not bringing this person the peace of God. If you find yourself at odds with your body, you are wrong because the only issue is peace. And if you are at war with your body, you are making it difficult to experience the peace of God. Another letter was uh, uh, was a letter to God. Dear God, count me in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See how simple it is? Is everybody going to be happy? All right. Don't let this bother you. Just relax. Remember God's with you. Bless the people that you can bless. Don't be, of course it's insane. Of course this nation's insane. The world's insane. Everything's insane. But you wish to leave the world now. But you must leave it with a blessing. You can't leave it in hate. You can't leave it in denouncement. You wish now to join your father who is here, whose arms are outstretched. You wish to join those who have laid aside their egos and their bodies and are doing nothing but blessing and loving, and are here. Nothing happened to them. We think something's going to happen to us when we realize that we are pure spirit, when we realize we are the light of the world. Nothing happens to you. It's the same mind. There's no jump. There's no break. It's just that you become happier and happier with your same mind, now you're not denouncing as much, you're not as fearful as much. 
You're not worrying as much. You're not as distracted as much. You become happier and you become lighter and you become more aware of the goodness in people. You love people more. Same mind. It's the same mind. You see? No break. There's nothing to be afraid of in joining God. You're not going to be swallowed up. It's the same mind. A friend of mine went to uh, Japan. I may have told you this story. And there was some famous uh, Zen master, uh, very difficult to get to. And he hired some guide finally to take him to the Zen master. And, and the guide wasn't a very good interpreter. And the Zen master couldn't speak English very well or anything. And he asked him what his teaching was. And the only thing the Zen master could say, say was that his teaching was not two minds. Not two minds. All you're going to find is that your mind is the mind of God. But there will be no break. That's the mind you're thinking with now. That's the origin of it. There's nothing to fear in all this. Just be happier and happier. Enter the cow. Fall back in the milk. And enjoy Christmas. Okay, Tui's going to end uh, end the service with. Uh... Oh, oh, really? Oh, you know that one, huh? Okay, Tui's going to uh, do the song I mentioned. You better teach him the words because we we wrote some different words once here. Okay.